0: And so we would negotiate with the boys because I'm like, okay, that's great. They down that, and then you leave, and now we're stuck with this, you know, peeling them off the ceiling. So we would literally buy them back these pixie sticks back and dump them in the garbage. And they're like, no way, America! Go- I'll give you a dollar. How about a buck fifty? I'm like, done. Bring them over here. We're not doing this. Anywho, um, but yeah, I uh, um, I joined the, the 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 loving team back in November. Uh, this this past year, so it's only been about eight months, and uh, it's really been exciting to see uh, how the churches in this community can come together uh, for the good of of their community. Um, I'm going to just walk you through a little bit of uh, how Love Inc. works, and I know some of you are familiar with it, but this might actually paint uh, an added clarity. Might paint added clarity to, to the picture so you guys can understand why this is so special. Um, so I want to walk you through a couple of things, and then I want to walk through um, a familiar text and, uh, and, and see if we can find ourselves in that story. But with Love, Inc., um, what I've been telling the staff and some of the volunteers uh, that work in the office and at Furniture, a resale store, uh, is we do compassion and then transformation. Compassion comes first and then transformation. You look at most of the stories in Scripture where Jesus engages with people, and maybe it's even your own, your own story. Most people don't wake up in the morning and have a transformational experience without something preceding it, right? And when we experience Christ, we experience his compassion, his love, and his mercy, and then things change in our lives. And so it's initiated uh, by compassion. So we have the privilege of being in the industry. People say, well, what do you do? I go, I'm in the compassion industry. Really, what's that? And I get to explain a little bit more because it sounds curious. I'm like, it's pretty cool. I don't make little widgets and gadgets. You know, we don't do any of that, which has its place. But we get to kind of talk about how we get to show compassion to people in need. So with Love, Inc., our mission simply is to mobilize local churches to see lives transformed and communities transformed, where, so, sorry, I get, I get ahead of myself because I get a little, I get a little energized. When I first was uh, interviewing with 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 Love Inc. about coming on staff, one of the things that stood out to me is that twenty five churches with eleven denominations were willing to come together and celebrate just. A couple of things that were really important, namely the person of Christ and our call to love the world around us. That's pretty rare. Let me explain how it works. So, Love Inc. I've, I've I've come up with this metaphor. It's the best one I have so far. But we're like a cell phone booster. We harness compassion and resources from local churches. We amplify it, the power, and we rebroadcast it into the community better, stronger, louder. With 25 churches and 11 denominations, so uh, Love, Inc. is a national movement. We're like a franchise of Love, Inc. They're all over the country. There's about 137 affiliates in the country. And we are just one, and we're just in eastern Carver County so far. I'm hoping that we become part of the whole county. Uh, That's part of my vision, but There's 86 or 88 counties or something like that in the state of Minnesota, and there's only 137 affiliates of Love, Inc. in the whole United States. So part of me is like, oh, that's cool, 137, when you start to realize how many different areas and counties that are in the whole United States. I think, man, shouldn't there be more? Shouldn't there be more of these affiliates called Love, Inc., this thing where churches come together and pool their resources? I wish there were more, and I think what it tells me about Love Inc. of Eastern Carver County is that it's very unique that 25 churches and 11 denominations can celebrate the big things and come together and and meet people in needs. I find that not only rare, but it's amazing uh, when it happens. So the next slide. Sorry, I'm trying to read the slides here, and uh, my eyes aren't what they used to be. Um, And I, I didn't bring my cheaters... And I have like three pair of them (laughs) because they got to, I lose them. Anywho, uh, so how do we do this? So, churches unite, they sustain 14 or more gap ministries, okay, where we pool our volunteerism, our money, our skills to meet these needs, and we centralize the intake process. So, people call our helpline, it's open three days a week. We have volunteers that man the phones, people call in for needs. Needs that aren't being met in other, in other places. We get a lot of referrals from District 112, from Carver County, and from the churches. Say, look, we can't, you have needs that we, we don't supply or help with, you call Love, Inc., and we can help you out. Here's an example of what we're doing. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. So last year, we met over 2,000 individual needs of people in this community by pooling our resources. That's pretty exciting. Sometimes people call in, they represent a family behind them. We might meet two needs. We might meet five. Rarely it's all like 14, but nonetheless, could be just one. So again, here's an example of what we're doing, what you're doing together. We have the birthday uh, closet. So when a family, uh, uh, say a parent calls, and there's three kids behind that parent, we get their birth dates and set them up with birthday supplies, uh, loads of love, laundry detergent, air. That's our resale store in Chanhassen. So if you're, if you're sick of that old couch or coffee table, bring it on down to Air. We'll take it. We'll either sell it or we'll uh, stage it there. And as the vouchers come through with people in need, we'll go and deliver it to people that need it. Maybe they've come into an apartment now from being homeless. They don't have any furniture. We'll give them a table, some cookware, uh, or a bed, a build a bed, diapers, baby care. You can see the list of the things that we can provide. These are just living items. Okay, this isn't. Uh, we're not a nine one one agency, but this is to, intended to be uh, a hand up for people who might be feeling the pressure in life that they can't sustain the day to day. Right now, you and I go to Target. And we probably don't think about it anymore because it's normal. I call it the $100 store, not the dollar store. <laughs> because I go and uh, we start hauling bags into the house. And I'm shaking my head. And I say to my wife, I go, we spent 120 bucks at Target. What did we get? Toilet paper and Q-tips. <laughs> and laundry detergent. I mean, just stuff to do life, right? It's not even anything really fun or interesting. <laughs> Um, but think about a family that maybe is struggling financially. Uh, maybe they lost their job or um, they are not able to do their job because maybe they have an injury or maybe they're new to this area, new to this country, and they struggle. And you and I think, oh, 120 bucks, this is normal. But for them, it probably feels like $120,000. Like, I, I can't do it. So you and these other churches get to partner and meet people in in real spaces in life. Interesting statistic as I was studying some of the numbers. I think I got this right. But for all the people that that Love Inc. serves, 68% of them are under the age of 20 that, that, that are impacted by the Love Inc. ministry. Because a parent will call and there's usually one, two, three or four children behind that call. So you think of the reaching effect that loving gets to do, serve children. What's next there? Greta? <laughs> <laughs> um, we average about three deliveries per week at furniture, and what that means is when we do an intake, we determine what someone might need, like a bed or a couch or a kitchen table. We deliver on Wednesdays and Saturdays with volunteers in a clunky old truck or a trailer, and we go and deliver to those people that have need. Um, three: that's just delivering. Items to people that have come through their intake process. That's not to mention sometimes we'll go and pick up donated items for a small fee. And this is all by volunteers. Again, pooling our resources, coming together and serving people that have need. Go ahead. So we act as a clearinghouse. We receive the calls and the referrals for help. And then uh, we conduct the relational intakes. And, uh, and discern why people are calling, and oftentimes we get to help them beyond why th- the reason for their call. So instead of a, someone who's in need, maybe they're new to the area and they go, well, oh, the churches are going to love on me because they love Jesus and that's what churches do. Well, they don't have to knock on every church door. Maybe they're not part of a faith community yet. Many of the people that call aren't connected to a faith community at all, and we have an opportunity to refer them to a church if they'd like. They don't need to be a part of a church or even connect with a church in order for us to serve them. But we had over 1,700 phone calls for help last year. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of phone calls. Sometimes they're from the same family because they'll circle back in a few months. But what's great about the Love Inc. model is that we get to build relationships with these clients, we call them, because uh, we'll call them back. We'll follow up with them. Hey, how you doing? Is everything okay? So I stopped by Furnisher, which is our resale store, and um, um, I'm sorry. Closer to my mouth. Okay. I could just yell and rip this thing off my face. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like at home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anywho, actually it's kind of nice. We're down to one kid now. It's like, I got discretionary time. It's kind of (laughs) nice. Sorry, that was a commercial break. Um, That's another part of of my life. I think I have undiagnosed, like, ADHD. Um, Because when I was a kid, they didn't really have that. And so it wasn't... I was just... I think I drove my... I know I drove my parents nuts. Uh, And they love me, and I love them. But uh, I get a little distracted easily, so I'm sorry for that. Um, But, no, on the... um, What's our next slide there, Greta? Help me stay focused on there. So, OK. So what again, with the model of Love, Inc. is that we want to build relationships. It's not just a hand out to people. It's not a vending machine. Love, Inc. is not a vending machine. We want to understand these people, get to know people by name, and build rapport with them, and encourage them to connect. Ah, oh, what I was going to say, I knew it would come back. So I, I'm at the resale store furniture. It's in Chanhassen between Cub Foods and Reyes Teca. If you've ever been down there, um, that's our resale store. Stop in. It's great, especially if you have kids going off to college and want to help them trick out their apartments and, and stuff. Um, we get a lot of those clients right now coming in as shoppers. But uh, one of the volunteers uh, told me the story of a gal that was a recipient of uh, some furniture. And so she came back to the store and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, they delivered, you know, the furniture that, that, that I was able to get, and I'm so grateful. And the coolest thing about it is that one of the volunteers on the phone line asked if they could pray for me at the end of the call. And, and the woman said, she goes, I have never had anyone ask if they can pray for me. You think, this is, this is someone who isn't connected to a faith community. They don't know what it's like to come in or to show up to church early and hear the, the music practicing or to come and experience a worship uh, moment with other people or to maybe experience a, a small group Bible study or a VBS moment. People don't know if they don't know, right? And they t- we, it's easy. I grew up in the church. I grew up in a Christian home. It's easy to take for granted. And this woman was just moved by the fact that someone on the phone said, can I pray with you? And even that can be odd for some people, or praying in a restaurant or something, and that's, but it's moving. This woman was uh, impacted by that. Um, <clears throat> as far as how we see people, as Christians, we'll talk about that in the text next, but... Um, You know, you would be surprised at some of the clients that we have who get sucker punched in life or something happens that certainly isn't predictable. Um, You know, if I were to say, hey, who do you think, what does it look like to be a loving client? You might conjure up some images that may or may not reflect the people that we see and we serve. They're your neighbors. They're people in here. It doesn't matter. Because you never look at anyone who isn't created in the image of God, who has value and worth. And we get to send that message to our clients. That this, this situation, this circumstance, doesn't define you. So that's a little bit about loving. I mean, our core belief is that compassion comes first. And then transformation, of course. We want transformation to happen for our clients. But as uh, Peter reflected in the video, oftentimes it's, it's the people who are serving and volunteering whose lives get transformed. And I'm going to show you some biblical support uh, for that. I'm going to shift gears to um, <clears throat> a text that's popular. Uh, when I was a kid, we had what's called a flannel board. And uh, I don't think those are around anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty sure about that. Um, my kid, you know, I remember when my, our first kid uh, got his first iPad, you know, at school. And I'm like, really? This is what we've come to, you know? And <laughs> I'm thinking, we used to have flannel boards. But it was just a material. It's out. It, just g- Google it. You'll find it. I'm sure someone's got some grainy video <laughs> of uh, of a flannel board. But the story is about Zacchaeus you know and you know the song some of you Zacchaeus was a wee little man a wee little man was he he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see right yeah good luck reading that Um, but I'm going to read it for you and uh, I want you to pay attention to the characters in the story and uh, I'm going to ask you do you see yourself in the story and where do you see yourself Uh, but here's the story And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today... Salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Well, there's three characters in this story. There's Jesus, who was passing through the town. There's Zacchaeus, who wanted to see Jesus, and then there's the crowd who also wanted to see Jesus. Now, if you know anything about chief tax collectors back in the day, they didn't have many friends. Because they were known as cheats and stealers. They stole your money. Even if they were doing it legit, most people think collecting taxes is a racket. <laughs> so on a good day. So he's a chief tax collector. And I don't know about you, but I don't know if I would want to be written in the, the, the book of Scripture for the rest of eternity as... I'm so short, I have to climb a tree to see over people. But this poor guy probably doesn't have any friends, and he doesn't have any means to just see. He's part of the crowd, but no one's letting him in. So when we first got married, we had a house in Hopkins. Uh, you guys familiar with the Raspberry Festival? You guys have a parade here at the River City Days as well, but the, pr- the, the, the Raspberry Festival is a big deal, apparently. I didn't know this until it- until I realized what was happening the day before, I see all these chairs out along Main Street in Hopkins. And I'm thinking, who's leaving their chair? What's going on? Is it No, the parade's not till tomorrow. People are leaving, no joke, their coolers and their chairs the night before a parade. Now, I remember as a kid, I guess parades are cool because they throw candy at you and that's, that's fun, but <laughs> it's just a parade. I mean, I don't know. It's like you really got to set something out on the front row the night before? Apparently. So I'm visualizing this scene with the crowd, almost like it's a parade, because Jesus is walking through the town. It's a bit of a spectacle, right? He's the savior of the world. People are trying to get a glimpse of him. And the crowd is not letting Zacchaeus in, so he's kind of trying to you know, look, and he can't, so now he's like, and obviously, now, are people letting him in, or are they just not, a, not aware that he's there? Maybe it's both, you know, so I'm like, this is their one chance to stick it to the man, I'm like, I'm not letting you in here, pal, let's get out of here, he's like, yeah, you know, so people, he can't see, so he's got to climb a tree, so he climbs a tree, and now I'm visualizing, I see things like a movie sometimes in my head, again, he, like I got stuff going on in my head. It's like TV stations are all, and I got like 27 channels going on 27 screens. Not one's the same. It's kind of like going to B-dubs. It's a little distracting. <laughs> so I got all this stuff going on. So I see Zacchaeus climb this tree, and I'm seeing like children also in trees because they're children, and they're short. They can't see. So they're dinging around whether they want to see Jesus, or they're just climbing a tree because that's what kids do. And Zacchaeus and this kid have this moment. I know it's not in here. I'm just speculating the scene, okay? But then Zacchaeus looks over, and then this kid's kind of looking at him like, you're like an adult. What are you doing here? You know, kind of a moment. And I'm sure Zacchaeus is probably like, oh, this is pathetic. I am just, but I want to see Jesus. So it doesn't matter. So that's the scene, and that's, those are the characters. Well, there's three reactions that happen, right? Jesus goes to Zacchaeus. The text says he goes to the spot. I think that's kind of an interesting reference. But he goes right to the spot, and he looks up and says to Zacchaeus, and what's the first word out of his mouth? Zacchaeus. Jesus calls him by name. Now, I don't think they were buddies before this. We don't know that. But he walks through the town, and when he gets to where Zacchaeus is, he looks up to him and he calls him by name. He says, Zacchaeus, let's have lunch together. Let's I'm going to hang out at your place. That's one, that's one reaction. The other reaction is that Zacchaeus jumps down out of the tree quickly and with interest. If you've ever felt like you haven't had a friend in the world and someone says, "Hey, can I sit with you?" Feels pretty good. Again, compassion then transformation. Feels pretty good. See these Facebook videos of like athletes show up at like schools and they go and sit with the kid that doesn't have anybody sitting with them. That looks like the gospel to me. The third reaction we see is that the crowd crowd responds to the scene. They see Jesus go to Zacchaeus and interact with them, and now they're going to go hang out, and what do they say? He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Ooh. Gossip. Judgment. As if to say, "Um, I thought that was Jesus, like, the savior of the world, what's he doing hanging out with this guy, judgment, who judges the savior of the world? I don't want to do that. I don't think they realized they were doing it, but they were doing it. And then, of course, Zacchaeus already has a reputation of being a sinner. So what? So are you. But again, they didn't think about that. So we had three characters. We have three reactions There's not three outcomes, but four. Sorry, it ruins the whole thing about the three points and the three points. I got four. There's four outcomes. I used to be more OCD than I am now. Uh, I think after three boys uh, and a dog, I've kind of like, you know what? Um, Sometimes the circle doesn't close cleanly. Sometimes it's like, you know what? It's okay. (laughs) I just swept the kitchen, and there's still a pile of black hair from the dog, and I I just got to let it go. I got to let it go. I have four outcomes that, that we can observe here. One, Zacchaeus responds to Jesus' love, compassion, then transformation. All Jesus did is come up to him and say, Zacchaeus, calls him by name. He's personal. He goes to him in his own space and says, Let's share life together. And what's Zacchaeus' response? He wants to make his life right and he acknowledges Jesus as Lord. He says, look, Lord, here and now, I want to make it right. Transformation. Another outcome is that Jesus confirms Jesus, uh, Zacchaeus' transformation by saying salvation has come to this house today. It's pretty exciting. A third outcome is that Jesus declares his identity as the Savior. He goes, I came to seek and to save what was lost. It's my job. And the fourth outcome is that Jesus confirms the crowd's muttering. I think this is kind of interesting because he refers to Zacchaeus being lost and needing a Savior. So, as is is if he's saying to the crowd, you know what, you're right. I am being a guest of a sinner. And he's probably thinking under his breath, you could be a guest too. I think the irony is that the crowd was unaware that they too have a need for a Savior. So the example that Jesus gives uh, really stems from his worldview, Jesus' worldview. In verse 5 and verse 10, Zacchaeus is the object of Jesus' affection. His purpose in life was to love the world. He was visible, he was accessible, he was out and about in the community. He came close to Zacchaeus, he showed interest, he was personal, he dressed him by name, That he wanted to share life together. When you look at what we do at Love, Inc., compassion, it's simple. It's simple to love people. It's simple to serve people. We don't have to make it complicated. So who are you in this story? Certainly, we want to live a a life modeling after the example of Christ. But we know that that's not something we we hit the ball out of the park every day or even get on base some days. But are we the crowd sometimes? Are we those parade watchers that, whether we're trying or unaware, we're actually getting in the way of people who want to get a glimpse of Christ? Because we're too busy serving ourselves. Are we a tree climber like Zacchaeus? Are we eager and curious? Are we broken? Do we want to get a glimpse of what hope looks like and feels like? I'll admit some days I am already having a meal with, with Jesus those days. And then there are some days I'm like, I can't find a tree tall enough. I'm gonna argue that there's not like in a mean yelling kind of way. As a kid I heard that word argue. I mean I'm gonna put a case together to suggest that there's another character in this story. How did that tree get there? Someone planted the tree. I don't want to read too into it, but I, I'm putting a case together that would say, when have we been the tree farmer for the community or for the people around us in our life? When have we provided our time, talent and treasure, whatever, that allows people to get a glimpse of the savior of the world? You know, love changes people and sometimes it's not the recipient. Sometimes it's the giver. Sometimes it's the server. The lover, not the hater. Matthew 25. You remember that text? I'm not gonna, I don't have it here to show you, but it's basically where Jesus is talking about Hey, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was in prison, you visited me. Like, ah, when did we do that? What you do unto the least of these, you've done to me. That's about the, 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 the giver and the, the server benefiting eternal blessing. Luke 6 If you love those who love you, what credit is due to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. There's something about the experience of being a giver, a server, the one who serves others, not just the person who's receiving it. Maybe it's not about them. Maybe it is about you. Mom, I went to church and he said it was about me. So maybe it is about you. Maybe it's our hearts that need to change and can change and transform. With Love, Inc., we are in the business of compassion. It's exciting, and Valley Free is one of the partner churches that's a part of it. And if you'd like to engage more or learn more about what that looks like for you, uh, myself, Jane Kane will be in the back to answer any questions if you want. But um, I wanted to just invite you into a little bit uh, broader scope picture of, of Love, Inc. and how it works, but then biblically understand what is our call as individuals, and it's certainly to, to love others the same way that we've experienced the love of Christ for ourselves. So let's pray. Father, we are grateful for how you um, care for us and, uh, and teach us um, how to care for others, and I pray that um, perhaps this morning, Lord, there's um, people that you've brought to our mind that we could um, honor you by uh, honoring them, Uh, continue to teach us your way, and uh, may in all things that we say and do, uh, bring glory to your name, um, above everything, in your name, we pray, amen. Please stand with us.